Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast. This is episode 65 of the Student Ministry Podcast. My name is Steve Cullum, and I'm your host here at the Student Ministry Podcast. And uh, before we jump into this great conversation I have today, before we talk about sponsors or anything like that, uh, it is important for you guys to know this is episode not only 65, this is also our five-year anniversary episode. So, uh, of course, all that uh, that I'm able to do here on the podcast is is all because of God. But I also want to thank you guys, uh, the listener, because you play a huge role in this. So thank you so much for just continuing to to come back every time we post a new episode, for for listening, for sharing it with others who you think would enjoy it. That's that's huge. It plays such a large role in how this podcast has grown over the years, over the last five years. And so thank you so much. Uh, please continue to subscribe. Please continue to get help us get the word out to other youth workers, other people that you think might enjoy what they hear on the podcast. Uh, you just play a huge role. You have no idea uh, how how big that is. And you're the reason, you're a big part of the reason why we made it to five years. Uh, I had no idea uh, what God is going to do uh, in the future. Um, maybe he's going to give us another five years. Maybe he's going to give us 10, 15, 20. I don't know. But um, I'm just so grateful for for every chance that I get to, to do this podcast. And every time uh, he allows me to have conversations uh, like we do with uh, the guests today, uh, just to be able to to talk about ministry with people, to be able to to hear what God is doing in the lives of others, uh, and and just celebrate that together, to learn from each other. That's what this podcast is all about. So thank you guys so much for for making that, um, for doing your part to make it what it is over the last five years. And if you have not subscribed, uh, please do that. If you've not left a, a positive review. On your favorite uh, podcast app, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, wherever you find this podcast, please do that. That helps uh, a ton as well. And of course, continue to share uh, this with other youth workers that you think would enjoy this podcast. Also, if you haven't followed us on social media, you can do that. The show, the the links are in the show notes. Um, but uh, we are at Stewman Pod on Twitter and at the Student Ministry Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram. And you can follow us there and uh, continue to recommend other people that we need to talk to uh, about their ministry. Uh, today is a very special day because I get to revisit a, a previous guest. Dan Navarra is back on the podcast uh, and, and he's going to be talking about the Youth Ministry Compensation Survey. He's been doing that for the last several years, and it's uh, such a huge resource in the lives of of youth pastors. But also we have his friend at Chemistry Staffing, uh, Matt Steen. And so I'm going to talk with both Matt and Dan today, especially about how to market yourself or how to get a job or how to transition well in youth ministry. I think that's huge. I think right now there's so many youth pastors that are either starting out or thinking about changing roles or or changing jobs, changing churches and make those those transitions. And so uh, it's going to be a very helpful conversation for you guys today. So please continue to tune in and uh, we'll get to that in just a minute. But before we jump into that, let's thank the sponsors of this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast. Our first sponsor, G-Shades, is a youth ministry curriculum and teaching strategy focused on helping students see everyday life situations through the lens of the gospel. G-Shades has options to fit everybody. With three plans to choose from, this curriculum gives you the resources that you need to do what you want to do better. Do you just need message outlines, discussion guides, and games? just $16 a month. Looking for a higher production value that includes bumper videos, Instagram devotionals, and parent guides? That's $25 a month. Or do you want an affordable youth ministry video curriculum that will help you increase your online reach during the pandemic? G-Shades has you covered for only $36 a month. You won't find youth ministry video curriculum at that price anywhere else. G-Shades really does offer something different than most of the other curriculums out there by offering this huge focus on the gospel and how to see life through the gospel. 
Mike Haynes is the founder of G-Shades, and you can hear more from him on episodes 32 and 55 of the Student Ministry Podcast. So head over to gshades.org, that's G-S-H-A-D-E-S dot O-R-G, to download Season 2 of G-Shades Youth Ministry Curriculum and use the promo code UNITED at the checkout to get an extra $5 off. That's U-N-I-T-E-D at the checkout to get an extra $5 off of your order. G-Shades, seeing life through the lens of the gospel. Also sponsoring this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast is an app called MenHub Youth, made by a student pastor to help people like you and me. MenHub Youth helps you store and track your student, staff, and parent information, as well as attendance for your events. There are tons of features, but today I want to talk to you about event plans. Every event includes a plan where you can create blocks of time and even assign staff responsibilities to fill it in. Then all of your leaders can see a schedule of the night, what songs you're singing, the sermon outlines, small group questions, and all those type of things. And the whole plan can be created right in the app and the right leaders can collaborate without having to find a time to meet. The app is only $5 on the iOS and Android app store, and you can use it forever on that one device without ever paying any more. But if you want to sync your database across multiple devices or with other leaders, you can sign up for the MinHub Sync service and support the Student Ministry Podcast by visiting minhubsync.com slash SMP for Student Ministry Podcast. That's M-I-N-H-U-B-S-Y-N-C dot com slash SMP. Thanks to both G-Shades and MinHub for sponsoring this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast, and you can find links to both of them in the podcast show notes. All right, let's jump into this conversation with Dan Navarra and Matt Steen of Chemistry Staffing. Well, thanks so much for being here, Dan and Matt. I'm so uh, so grateful to, to have you on the podcast. Glad to be here, buddy. Hey, man, it's good to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, longtime listeners of the podcast uh, will remember back on episode 38, we had Dan talk about uh, youth pastor compensation and YP Comp Pros and and all that he has been doing through there. And today we have his friend, Matt Steen, uh, both of them from Chemistry Staffing. And uh, we're just going to talk to them about a, a bunch of things uh, surrounding youth ministry, um, kind of transitions and, and the compensation question and all those things. But before we jump into that, I'd love for you guys to just share your story a little about who you are, but also what God's been doing in your life to, to bring you where you are today. So uh, Dan, would you mind starting? I'd love to. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, it's good to be back on the podcast. Uh, it's been a crazy 2020 and now 2021 for me, as it has been for so many people. Uh, last time I was on the podcast, I had just started YP Comp Pros. It was the third year of the Youth Pastor Compensation Survey. And uh, somewhere in 2019, uh, Matt reached out to me. Matt will share who he is, but he works as the co-founder for Chemistry Staff. And he reached out to me and said, hey, why don't you join our team and bring along the YP Comp Pros crowd? And so I did. And now I run the survey through Chemistry Staffing, still working with the guys over at the Youth Cartel. Uh, love them, to, dear to my heart. And uh, so I joined the team uh, with Chemistry in 2019 and published last year's survey with them published it again this last what I guess it was January and uh, that that's all on the chemistry and youth pastor compensation side of things but personally for me 2020 was an interesting year it was year 15 of youth ministry for me and right after COVID hit uh, I watched youth pastors who love youth run through walls trying to figure out how to do ministry in COVID ministry in the wild as I like to call it um and I, to be honest, like I, this is, you know, safe space or whatever student ministry podcast, anybody can hear it. My, my heart wasn't there. And uh, it, what it did was after some spiritual direction, a little bit of counseling, it kind of revealed to me something that I actually knew already, but I had kind of ignored for the you know few years prior to that. And that was that I knew my window in youth ministry was closing for me personally, what God was calling me to. And so uh, in May, I did one of those conversations with your boss where you say, hey, I'm feeling like God's doing a new thing. 
And I actually asked my church if the 2020, 2021 school year could be my last school year. So I was giving them a whole year's notice um, to, to see if that could be my last year doing student ministries. And I was already doing a lot of other things at the church, kind of some executive roles. I was on the preaching team, all kinds of stuff. And so uh, I was hoping that they would make room for me in adult ministries. And uh, they took the summer to talk about that as an elder board. And then in September, I had an annual review and I have statistics on annual reviews. Only 80, uh, only, only 84% of youth pastors have annual reviews. In my annual review, I uh, got the answer I was not hoping for. The church said, you know what, we're not going to be able to have room for you in adult ministries. It was already a staff heavy church. And I, I kind of knew that was an option. And uh, so we came to an agreement that I would actually wrap up uh, at Thanksgiving in my role. And so I had October and November and the rest of September to prepare my team and uh, transition really well. And it was a beautiful transition. I know many of your listeners, Steve, have terrible transitions in their story. Mine was not one. I preached my last Sunday and you would have thought I was planting a church. They pulled me up on stage, prayed a blessing over me. The congregation Mm -hmm. sent in like a stack of like, thank you cards. I mean, there was gift cards, there was all kinds of cool stuff. And it was, it was really, uh, it was an honoring thing for me um, after six years on staff at that church. But I think it was ultimately a God honoring thing Mm -hmm. because so many transitions in church just stink. Yeah especially in youth ministry, they happen abruptly. I mean, the amount of stories you and I have probably heard of guys who, you know, have youth group on Wednesday and get fired on Thursday and they have to clean their office out before Sunday. Like, like we, we laugh on the podcast here about it, but like, I bet you 50% of your listeners have had that happen to them. Mm. I've had it happen to me before. Mm. And so it, it, it was a beautiful transition. And right now uh, I am in the great, in the middle, in the between, I am waiting for what God has next for me. And uh, I'm an Enneagram three. That is a nervous place to be because <laughs> I have no plan. Uh, I am filling in uh, around town. I'm you know guest speaking wherever I can right now, trying to find something in adult ministries. And uh, it's tough, man. I mean, I don't want to move my family and my kids and all that stuff. I mean, it's, it's a really weird place for me to be, but I've, I found God in the middle of it at every single turn, to be honest. Um, yeah. When I've got found myself discouraged, I've found godly encouragement from people. I mean, even Matt has been on, on zoom with me, you know, however many times in the last few months saying, you know, man, we're going to figure this out. We are going to get you through this. And, uh, it's been a new horizon for me of joining, you know, I work for chemistry staffing as a church coach. I'm also now a candidate for chemistry <laughs> staffing, uh, as well as some other search firms out there trying to just spread my net as wide as I can and figure out what God has next for me. And uh, it has been a crazy journey, but I know God has been in the middle of it. So that's my story and I'm sticking to it, man. Cool. Cool. Thanks for sharing, Dan. Uh, yeah, yeah Matt, little, little about you. Yeah. So um, nothing nearly as dramatic in 2020 is, is, is what Dan's going to kind of I, you know, I started off, I was a youth pastor for eight years, um, loved every minute of it, got old and, you know, started to realize that, you know, the, the all-nighters just weren't my thing anymore. Um, <clears throat> went off, planted a church in, in the Baltimore area, um, had an absolute ball doing that, served as executive pastor in a few different churches. Um, but along the way, you know, one of the things that, that was kind of an understanding with the churches that I served in is I was going to have some sort of side gig in the capital C church, right? You know, it, I was going to be two feet planted in the, in, in the church where I was serving and whatever role that was, but I was also going to do something that was going to serve the greater church. And so there's been different iterations of what that's looked like through the years, but the most recent one was, was chemistry staffing. So we started this about four years ago and, and really there was three reasons we wanted to, we wanted to, to, to do it. We wanted to, to be able to kind of come alongside churches and help them kind of change that national average from people being in place from three, you know, three ish years and and see if we couldn't get people that are going to be in place for five years. Right. And, and, you know, the stability and the health that comes from that for the church is just amazing. Right. Second thing we wanted to do was we just wanted to make the candidate process not so soul sucking, (laughs) you know, I mean, we've, we've all in this room, I'm sure we've been through a search process. We've, we've gone, I mean, my last search when I was looking for myself personally, 
Um, I'm, I'm a little geeky. So I put tracking pixels in every, every resume I sent out just to see if people were checking them and that kind of nice. stuff. 85% of the people that, that opened my, my email with the, re- with the resume and stuff in it didn't respond, you know, didn't get a, um, you know, Hey, here's what's next. Didn't get a, we filled it already. Didn't get anything, you know, didn't get the, Oh, you suck. We don't want you, you know, it's just like, and nothing crickets. And what we found is that that's not uncommon, mm. right? It's not uncommon for, for, for resumes to go out and, and nothing to come back. And so we figured, you know, let's find a way to make this a little bit more human and, and let's at least send people emails back when they get stuff. So part of, part of it was we wanted to make it a little bit more healthy and we wanted people to not have to go to, go to therapy mm. based on the search process once they found a place. And then the third thing for us, and this is, this is how it started with Dan, was we, we wanted to create an alternative income stream for pastors. And so we've got guys like Dan who are in a local church who are serving well in, in their, in their, you know, their calling. Um, but we're able to kind of help come alongside and, and, you know, cover the cost of Christmas and cover the cost of vacation and, you know, give you a little bit more extra money in your pocket. So you can be honest with the elder board and, you know, those, those types of things. And so we found if we, if we can do those three things, we're, we're helping churches get healthier. Hmm. And so that's really what happened. And so we, we launched four years ago, um, two years ago, I had, had to make the hard decision to leave the church I was serving. I was out in the Sacramento area, um, left, left that church to do this full time. And man, it's been, it's been a blast. So we get to do some really cool things, really help some really great churches build their teams. Mm-hmm. And man, I tell you, it's, it's pretty cool to watch. So, nice. Nice. Yeah. So let's, let's dive into that a little bit more. Cause I know some, some people uh, listening to this probably have no idea that organizations like yours exist. Um, so, so you kind of gave a, a bigger overview kind of uh, picture of what chemistry staffing does. Let's mm-hmm. dig into the details just a little bit to help people like, okay, what, what is actually, what, what do you guys do that can really benefit um, youth pastors or future youth pastors that are out there? Yeah. So, um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll tackle this from the church side first, if that's okay, because I sure. think that'll make it make a lot more sense. When we, when we partner with a church, we basically, we handle the whole search for them. So from, from, from start to finish, what we do is we'll market a search, we'll do the initial resume screening, we'll do the initial rounds of, of interviews with, with a church or with a candidate. And then what we do is we, we shoot to bring a church, um, you know, two to three candidates that we're pretty convinced are going to be there for five years or longer, right? Okay. And so these are people that we've screened that we really, you know, knowing the church as we do, having done the homework with, with people that are applying, you know, what we've, we're pretty convinced that they're going to, they're going to be a good fit. Um, and so the way that we, the way that we kind of talk about this is we really look for five things, right? Five, five key factors of a long-term fit. The first is, is theological alignment, right? Now, when I was a youth pastor, it's like, eh, theology, you know, I, I don't, and, and I'm still that way, honestly. Oh, crap, this is recorded. Um, <laughs> but, you know, but theology is important. And, and what we're seeing is that if we send somebody who's like hyper-reformed into a Wesleyan church, you know, you're going to make it maybe six months and then there's going to be a hostage situation. Yep. It's just not going to work, right? And so, so much of what we try to do is make sure that the closed-fisted issues line up with candidates and churches, the second thing we look for is the type of church culture that somebody's been in, right? And so what we found, and you've probably seen this, you know, somebody going from like this really entrepreneurial, you know, you know, pastor-led, run, 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 make decisions on the fly type of environment, this might be my story, um, going into a congregationally-led church where everything is voted on by committee and run up the ladder and takes about seven months to decide, you know, if we can change brands of toilet paper, that's probably not going to work out too well. And so we really kind of hone in and look and say, okay, so can they survive in this? Or are they going to be yanking their hair out? Um, is this going to be a good fit? Or, you know, so, we, so we're looking at those types of church cultures. Geographic culture plays into it too. But the bigger deal, honestly, is that church culture they've been in. Um, we look at personalities. You know, does the personality fit the team? You know, vice versa. Look at skill set you know, can they do the job? Does it look like they are ready to step into it? And then the fifth thing for us is really chemistry, you know, and that's, do I want to spend the next five years with this person? Or, you know, 18 months in, are we going to be, you know, praying that, you know, they finally, you know, mysteriously, you know, God calls them somewhere else, right? Mm-hmm. And so what, what we found is that we're really good at the first four, and we kind of let churches focus on the chemistry piece and the candidate focus on the, on the chemistry piece. What we found 
is that most churches, and and honestly, you know, this is this was true as me as, as a youth pastor looking for jobs too. You know, we would look at we would look at skill set and we'd look at chemistry, right? And so what did, what did that mean for, for me, you know, in the church? That means we look at a resume. Oh yeah, they can do the job. They've, they've done it. Look, they've got, you know, hundred people in their youth group. Of course they're great, mm-hmm. you know? And, oh, they've been at this, this church, this name brand church, right? Of course they're going to be awesome. And then they get into an interview and they start to laugh at jokes and it's like, oh yeah, we really like this guy. It reminds me of my nephew. And, and you get, you know, you get deep in process and everybody's feeling warm and fuzzy. And me as the youth pastor, it's like, oh, they really like me. You know, mm-hmm. this is yeah. going to work. And somebody's got a nagging question in the back of their head about theology or cultural pieces, or do I really like the senior pastor or, but they're going to give me a job and they're going to, you know, and so we get so far down that, that it becomes tough to say no on both sides. Mm-hmm. And so, so much of what we do is we help churches and we help candidates say no to each other because, you know, for one reason or another, it's not going to be a good fit. So that's, that's the church side. Candidate side, so much of what we try to do is, is as candidates are putting resumes in with us, we're trying to keep in touch with them. We're trying to let them know where things stand. We're not perfect at this. So, you know, send taint mail to Dan. Um, but you know, so much of what we try to do is we, we offer, we offer people, if we don't have a role for them, we we've got a couple guys on our team that their whole job is just to, you know, spend some time, just kind of do a quick zoom call and say, Hey, you know, tell me, tell me about your story. How's your search? How can we be praying for you and your family? Um, even if we don't have a job for them, you know, but just to kind of get a sense of what's going on, mm-hmm. you know, we, we do a lot of, um, you know, as we take candidates through, we do an assessment process that's really quick, you know, typically takes, you know, maybe 30, 45 minutes, you know, compared to some of the, what, what else is out there, but it's, it's quick. Um, it asks you a bunch of questions, helps us kind of get a sense of where you are. And then we do a series of interviews. And what I love about our team, Steve, um, and, and I'm going to gush, but what, what I love about our team is I, I mentioned earlier that we try to create an alternative income stream for pastors. Mm-hmm. So everybody on our team is either currently serving in a church has recently retired. We've got a couple other people that have kind of jumped into this full time because they're nuts. Um, but we are pastors first, mm. right? And so in our calls with our team, it's like, hey, there's going to be times when you just need to stop interviewing and start pastoring. Mm. And sometimes that means, hey, you know, you've just been through a brutal situation and I am sorry. You know, how's, how's your wife doing? Mm. How's your family? Do your kids hate church? You know, how, you know, is this a time and no, you know, nobody likes to hear this, but is this a time to kind of step back from ministry for a season, get healthy, you know, find, find a way to, you know, to, to pay your mortgage and all that. Mm-hmm. But is this a season? Cause ministry is going to be there. What we don't want to see happen is you go so toxic that you can never come back. Mm. Um, so we do a lot of those types of conversations and we also have the conversations like, dude, I know what you're saying, but don't ever say that again. You know, so we, we do, we do some coaching on the fly in process. Uh-huh. And, and really for us, even though we get hate mail for it from time to time, when we tell somebody, no for a church, what we're really trying to do is, is find you, find a candidate, a place where they're going to be, you know, for five years or more, you know, mm-hmm. be in a place where, you know, they're going to be able to have some really fruitful ministry and really pursue their calling in a healthy, sustainable way. So That's cool. I just, I feel like I just gushed way too much on that one. So oh, that's helpful. You you can see Steve, how uh, it meshed well with the YP comp pros kind of idea. Yeah. Cause I got into this whole thing. Cause I wanted to help youth pastors find longevity and sustainability and health. And mm-hmm. that's, it matches perfectly with the chemistry DNA. And that's why it's been such a great fit for me to, to work with them because we really do like, I, I my heartbeat is that pastors and churches will find each other in healthy situations. Mm. And that leads to longevity. And everybody listening here knows that, you know, you got to get past that magic three-year mark. If you're going to have really fruitful ministry, we actually think the number is five. Five is when you're, you're really hitting your, your pure oxygen kind of beautiful burn of ministry where you've built your volunteer team. You've, you've kind of created a rhythm. You've got those relationships and things like that. And so it's been really fun to see that happen. And what's really great. And I mean, what's really great. And Matt won't say this, but I'll say it for him. We, we did the math the other day. We're over 97% of the candidates that the companies placed are still in their role. 97%. Like that's, that's pretty great. Pretty mm-hmm. great. Yeah. 
That's awesome. So Dan, as you, as you go through this transition and things like, what are some things that you've learned, picked up along the way? How's, how's chemistry staffing helped? And maybe there's other people that are listening right now that are going through this situation, maybe thinking about transitioning or they are in the middle of transition. What are, what are some things that you've learned and maybe learned together that you guys can pass along to them? All right. So uh, on the emotional side, uh, I would say, don't go it alone. Don't go it alone. The, there, there's a, and this is something that I think maybe uh, I tend to lean into, but there's probably a stigma when you're out of work and, and you're a pastor that you're not a very good pastor, mm. <laughs> or at least that's the feeling that I feel sometimes. And uh, it has been essential for me to have people in my corner uh, that have cheerleaded for me. Uh, those are friends, that's family, that's professionally, spiritually. Um, so I, you know, having candidate coaches, that's what we call them in our company, having candidate coaches that have just checked in with me and said, hi, how are you? How's your spouse? Things like that has been a breath of fresh air because not every company out there does that kind of stuff. I just got to be honest with you. Um, and the second thing on a more practical side is you got to create a master Google document of all your answers to all the questions. Because if like I, I've filled out God knows how many applications in the last few months, and they all are some variation of the same, you know, 20 questions. And so uh, get yourself a Google Doc and copy and paste your answers and, and tailor make them for every single thing you apply for. Like, like, like I'm on the practical side now, right? Um, have a cover letter that's a generic master cover letter and then tweak it for every single job, right? If it's a job that has a more of an emphasis on team building, talk about your team building at the front instead of putting it at the back. And if it's a job that's emphasized on, you know, program leadership, then put that at the front. They just, just kind of tailor everything, but don't start from scratch every time because dude, it's a grind mm. to try and apply for all these jobs. And so that was some coaching that I received actually from Matt early on in the process. This is the first time in 15 years of ministry that I've gone more than two weeks without working for a church. And yeah. so uh, Matt was like, dude, start a Google doc. And it was the best idea I ever, I ever did. Those are two quick learnings off the top of my head that have been really mission critical for me. Yeah. Cool. Cool. A couple, couple things I'd, I'd throw out there. I think, first of all, I think we're going to share a couple of books um, with your crowd. One is one is before you go and then one's when to leave um, two really helpful guides and of just questions to be asking yourself as you prepare for this. Um, things that they never taught you, taught you in Bible college, you know, things that, that nobody ever kind of pulls you aside. But we, the author of the book is a guy named Wade Hodges. It's, it's just a fantastic resource to sit down and kind of read through and, and be honest with yourself. I'd, I'd start there. Um, I'd also build on, on some of what Dan was saying. Um, there is, you need to understand that there is emotional investment in this process. And it is way deeper and way more intense than you think it's going to be. Every time that you send a resume out, a little piece of your heart is going with it. Okay. Now I, I say that tongue in cheek, but I really mean that, mm -hmm. you know, you, you need to be wise and you need to be intentional about where you send resumes. Um, the days of, you know, part of, Part of our story is Todd Rhodes is my co-founder. He, he started this little website called churchstaffing.com back in the dial-up days of the internet, right? Before most people were born. Um, but he, he, he built that, he sold it. He went to work for an organization called Leadership Network. But we kind of joke that chemistry is kind of his penance for unleashing church staffing into the world because what church staffing did was it, it opened up pools for people to be able to find churches that were outside of the region that could be a great fit. And so it did some really good things, but what it also did is it gave us the temptation to do what we call the spray and pray. Mm. You know, you start going through every youth pastor listing on the website and sending a resume out mm -hmm. and, and, you know, you either get crickets back or you get rejections back. Mm. And, and every time you get cricket, you know, all the crickets start to weigh up, right? Mm -hmm all the rejections start to weigh up. And so, you know, be intentional with your search. You know, do not send out resumes, you know, to everybody because, you know, you may think you're tough, you know, you may think you've got it, but those rejections, I got, I got rejected twice by Rob Bell. 
um, Mars Hill Church. They, I sent one resume, but they sent two rejection letters. I'm still, still a touch bitter. You know, this was like 10 or 15 one years was ago. enough, but ugh, the second one. <laughs> the, the second one, it was just like a kick in the stomach. It's like, come on, man. I, I bought all your videos. Um, so, so it's like, you know, go into this realizing that it's going to be tough. And, and that you need to be intentional. Um, Dan, Dan's right. You know, get a list because, you know, we still have churches that like to send out the seven page or 17 page questionnaire. And it's like, tell me your theology of the most minute thing ever. And it's like, I'm a youth pastor. You know? Hey, I, I filled one of those. I had two of them open on my web browser this yeah. last week applying for jobs. I sent the wrong one to the wrong church. Oh, yeah. Don't I, do that. Too, True story. So I applied for one church, but I sent it to the wrong church. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't, do, don't do that. that that's not a pro tip. So, so yeah, you know, get the spreadsheet, you know, keep a bank of all the questions that you're answering in these things. Um, but Dan's saying too, you know, your cover letter, you should have different versions for different churches and you should, you know, it should be, you know, you should tweak it for each church that you send it to. I didn't even go so far as to say, hey, have a few copies of your resume mm -hmm. that are tweaked for certain, you know, for certain types of roles and pick and choose which one you send out. Mm -hmm. You know, that kind of stuff helps. The other thing that I'll do as well, and, and, you know, Google Docs and Google Sheets has made this so much easier because you can access it anywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, churches have the worst habit of like calling you, you know, six weeks after you send a resume in while you're walking through 7-Eleven, mm. right? And they want to have the interview right then. Right. And right. so two thoughts. One, you know, I know nobody that's like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be 45 in a couple of weeks. I know nobody younger than me answers their cell phone anymore if they don't recognize the number. But if you're looking for a job, answer your cell phone. Also check and make sure you, what, what the answer machine is or the mm. answer message is, mm. because that's going to, that just saying, you know? Second thing, you know, if you keep track of the details of each job, and this is why you need to be intentional, otherwise it's just a beast. If you're tracking who you're sending a resume to, a little bit about the, about the job, a little bit about, you know, maybe link off to the, to the job description wherever you found it and have some details on it so that when they call you and it's like, you know, whatever church in Jacksonville, Florida that you really don't remember sending a resume to anyhow, you know, you can pull it up on your phone and say, oh, yeah, this is this is a youth role. They're United Methodist. Um, they're on the beach and it that could be really cool. So I want to try on this one. Right. But having that kind of stuff and, and putting that kind of forethought into it, it's going to serve you really, really well. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, because I think that's all this. You know, those of us that, that went to Bible college may have a, a little bit uh, of training in this, um, but some people are stepping into youth ministry or any ministry without that training and maybe have no idea that like, how do I even, how do I even go about getting a job? Like, I know I have this passion for, for serving teenagers and I know I want to work in the church. I feel God's calling, but the Bible doesn't tell me how to apply for a job in this. So that's cool to, to have those tips, but also know that organizations like you guys are, are there to help kind of fill in the gaps of those things that, that we haven't learned up to this point. And I, I can say, so I, I've been in this game for 15 years in youth ministry specifically. Once upon a time, you used to just go to youth specialties and they had they had the job board once upon a time. I, I got to be honest, if you're looking for a role in ministry, you need to become a candidate. Like you, and what I, what I mean is you need to go to the chemistry website, click become a candidate and create a profile and do that. And I, I've done that. I work for chemistry staffing, but I've done that with other search firms as well to widen my net mm -hmm. because there are people out there who are actually, the churches are paying people to find quality candidates. Well, mm -hmm. you know, that church is already invested financially in making sure they make the right hire. They don't want to hire the wrong person and pay for it because they're going to pay for it and they're going to pay for it. You know what I mean? Right. So th th that's a great way to find a job right now. And I always tell churches that I'm talking to, man, our candidate pool, it's cared for because we want our mm -hmm. candidates to be healthy. Like, come be a candidate with chemistry staffing because it's a healthy place to be a candidate. And the way that we walk people through interviews cares for them. And like, mm. that's just rare out there. Like you're not alone. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. Cause we could all, we could all benefit from some coaching and some care along the way. I think that's probably, we could have a whole other podcast about, you know, the lack of that within ministry leadership. Right. And so yeah. that's, that's really cool that you guys are able to provide that alongside those candidates as well. Um, 
Dan, I know that, uh, yeah, this, this youth ministry compensation survey has been a passion of yours for how many years now? Is it, this is year, this is year four, man. Year, year four, four. Okay. over 5,000 participants now. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so I know you just, yeah, you just published your, your recent findings. Um, you can find that on, on chemistry staffing's website again, with all the, the eBooks and stuff that Matt talked about, uh, the link to the, the compensation results and everything are also going to be in the show notes uh, for the podcast. But Dan, I'd love to like, just hear some, some high level. What are some gleanings that came from this year's uh, survey? What are some some big things that we should definitely take note of, of as, as youth pastors? Yeah, let me uh, start out by saying um, four, four years in, there's been some trends that we've found. And uh, it, it's good news and bad news, as it is with most, most things. Um, I'll, I'll start by saying the thing that everybody always wants to hear. What, what's the average? What's the big number? Mm-hmm. Uh, the big number for 2020. So these are the 2021 results of what happened in 2020. The average youth pastor nationwide makes $48,938 a year. Okay. So let's just round up to 49 grand, basically $49,000. Now that represents a 2.1% increase over last year's data. Okay. And that, that year was a 2.5% increase over the year before it, okay? So just year over year, we're seeing two plus percentage point raises nationally among youth pastors. And that's good news. Uh, the federal cost of living adjustment that was given out this year, there's every year the feds, or not every year, but most years the fed gives out a percentage cost of living increase uh, that's linked to people's social security income and things like that. That percentage increase was 1.3% this year. So apples to apples, youth pastors are gaining on the marketplace, quote unquote, which is good because we all know that they've been behind for so long, right? Um, so that, that's kind of one piece of the thing that I always like to kind of put it in context of how is it trending? Now, I will say something specific. California is, is its own world when it comes to the survey. Um, the national average in California is like 16, it's 17% higher than the national average, the average salary in California, okay? So a, a lot of other states have a lower average salary than the average national salary because California is the third highest responding state to the survey traditionally. And it's way, it's light years. It's 11% more than the second highest state, which is Texas. Okay. So, so it, what's crazy though, this year, last year, California, two, like two years ago survey, California had an almost 5% average increase in salary. This year it was static. It was static, which is crazy. That means the national average, even though across the country, it went up 2.1%. California stayed the same, which means every other state actually went up probably more like 3%, according to the data that we collected, which is a big deal. I mean, 3, 3% of $50,000 is a lot of money. You know, mm-hmm. you're, 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 talk, you're talking about a good chunk of change right there that you see in every paycheck. And so it, it's kind of just important to know how things are trending because so many youth pastors, and Steve, you and I have talked about this before, they go years without seeing a raise. And the problem with that, with going years without seeing just a 2% raise, right? 2% of $50,000 is $1,000, right? Mm-hmm. So going years without having a 2% raise, what happens is you fall behind. Mm-hmm. And this is what last year's data said. Uh, it, it, if you get to the five-year mark, a lot of the times your tenure is worth 10% more to the church down the street. Guys, we see guys and gals leaving their youth ministry post between the three to five year mark to go take their second or third youth ministry job because it's going to pay more. And this is my story. I, I left a church that I was at for five years to go to the church I was just at. And that, that my first day, I had a 25% raise in my compensation because that church down the street, literally it was a town over, was going to pay me market value for what I was worth at the time. And so what's really important for youth pastors who don't want to leave their church and don't want to leave their students and they love where they serve because so many, so many youth pastors love that part of the ministry. uh, And that's good is you've got to keep this on the front burner with your personnel team, with your elder board, with your senior pastor, your executive pastor. And that's not to be pushy and arrogant and say, Hey, I'm entitled to a raise and all that. That's not the language at all. But if you never ask, you probably won't get unless it's a mandated wage increase. Yeah. 
And so I tell youth pastors every time we do the survey, hey, you've got to have an annual review. And in that annual review, you've got to talk about your compensation. You've got to do that. And for one of the things we looked at this year in the survey was Enneagram types Mm. um, and profiled compensation by Enneagram type. Mm. Certain Enneagram numbers, if you know anything about the Enneagram, they have an easier time asking for something (laughs) or feeling like they deserve to ask for something or feeling Mm -hmm. bold and courageous to ask for something. And other Enneagram numbers, that is like torture for them, right? They'd rather be locked in a coffin full of snakes and spiders than ask for a raise because of how it makes them feel internally. And so one of the things we uncovered this year, and it's it's incredible, like the, I I, I love Enneagram sixes, but the Enneagram six is the loyalist. Mm -hmm. And statistically speaking of all the Enneagram sixes I had take this year's survey, they are the third ranked lowest compensated Enneagram type number. So in the bottom third, and there was zero Enneagram sixes that had a youth group of over 80 kids. Hmm. So one of the things that, and, and I'm not saying that they're bad youth pastors. That's not what I'm saying at all. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is the Enneagram six has a tendency to stay in a spot longer rather than trying to advance their career because mm-hmm. of their natural gift of loyalism. And right. the, the shadow side of this Enneagram six number and the sixes all know this is they have a phobic side to them. And so they get paralyzed and they don't act because they're afraid of rocking the boat. And so just knowing yourself and what barriers they, there may be to your career in ministry is a big deal. And so we just, we, there, there, there's a whole like section in the survey that, you know, we'll link to in the show notes that talks about this a little bit and talks about the successful quote unquote numbers and their earning potential, but also the barriers that they have to, to having longevity and things like that. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. Um, yeah, Matt, from, from your side, how is that, how is, you know, getting the, the compensation survey stuff, how has that benefited your guys' ministry from chemistry staffing and able to, to help churches and everything is that I'm still, your guys are still somewhat, you know, new to that, but, uh, has that been beneficial to, as you come alongside churches? Absolutely. I mean, every, every church that we start to talk to, you know, we have that conversation. It's Mm -hmm. like, what are we supposed to pay them? Well, let's, you know, let's sit down, let's talk through that, you know? And so it's some, something like this is just really helpful. I mean, it's also helpful for, for somebody that's going through the process to be able to start to do some research and figure out, you know, okay, where, where should things be? Where should things stay? And, you know, you know, one of the, one of the cool things about what Dan's done is it also kind of helps us to understand, you know, when should we be advocating for ourselves a little bit more based on, you know, our wirings and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's a, it's a great tool. We've been able to use that with a lot of, a lot of our um, searches that are doing use searches um, to, to kind of help them come to some clarity on where they should be. Yeah. Cool. Cool. One of the things I want to do in 2021 is I want to try and um, present more of the data for senior and executive pastors mm-hmm. in a way that not, not so that they can go, oh, crap, we're not paying our youth pastor <laughs> enough. That's not the point, but so that they could be more aware of things that they need to tend to, because mm-hmm. I, I like to always say Sunday's always coming. And so churches that don't have an HR department, quote unquote, they're not always thinking about their wage mm-hmm. and they're not always thinking about, you know, keeping things equitable for their staff. And did they have another kid this year? Or was that two years ago? And mm-hmm. all those types of things. And so I, I like, like my personal mission this year is to help get this information in the hands of more hiring people so that they can be better equipped to actually do a search. Uh, and I ultimately see that as serving the kingdom of God in an incredible way because they will start with a better base understanding of how they could care for a traditionally undervalued compensation wise role in the church. And so I just think that'll go like like huge steps on helping longevity among the youth pastor community. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I I think Dan just um, touched on something that I think is, is is helpful to kind of circle back on not, not compensation survey, you know, study related directly, Mm -hmm. But, you know, churches you know, may not have an HR department. You know, it's not, you know, this isn't like Walmart where everything is formalized and, you know, every, everything is kind of laid out well. Um, so for, for guys that are going through the process, you know, youth pastors that are getting ready to transition or even youth pastors that are in a place where it's like they're starting to look around and say, you know, my rent just went up, but my, but my you know, my salary hasn't. You know, you, you really need to advocate for yourself. Mm. You don't want to, nobody, nobody wants to, well, you know, there's, there's a few personality types that actually enjoy this, but you know, for the most part, nobody, nobody wants to do it. And you need to, 
that you need to lean into it. And so there's, there's some tools that you kind of need to be looking at. This is a great place to start. Um, I would also really encourage you to, you know, understand what the cost of living is in your area. Okay. So there's, there's websites like datausa.io that are really helpful, whether you're in process of searching for a job or whether you're, you're starting to say, Hey, I need a little bit more money. That's going to give you a good idea of what the cost of living is in an area. I also encourage people to look at, especially in youth roles, start to look and see what, what, um, what high school teachers are making in your neighborhood, right? So what you might find, you know, there's, Dan talked about how, how California and, um, and, and Texas typically are the most well-paid ministry roles, right? And, and California is, is because, of, um, because of just the high cost of living. Texas is because, you know, Texas churches are just have more money than they should, I guess. I don't, I don't know what the problem is there. They, they always hose us. Um, but, you know, that cost of living is not going to be the same everywhere. So if you're arming yourself with an understanding of what that looks like, typically, you know, a high school teacher with similar time in service and similar degree and that kind of thing um, is, is a comparable place to look for a comparable salary. Um, typically, they want high school teachers to be able to live in that area, that kind of thing. Right. So the beauty of it is if you can go and Google a local school district and pay scale um, with a little bit of sleuthing, you, you're able to pull up, you know, the, the teacher's contract and be able to get a sense of what they're, what they're paying for. Cool. So. Cool. Yeah. That's so helpful. I think for, for those people out there that, I, and, and this is just from my personality type, but I think when, when I'm able to base things more in facts, it's so much easier to advocate for myself instead of saying, well, I think I'm worth this much. Instead, it's, it's basing it on, you know, like your cost of living and comparable jobs and things like that. Then it's whole, it's a whole lot easier to say, okay, this is what I think I should be getting paid for, for doing this role. Yeah. Yeah. Helps, helps you to be able to do that. And then you can go and, you know, you can go and take it to the executive pastor, mm. you know, and that's always, you know, the, that's the evil henchman on staff. I know I, I was that. You know, and, and be able to kind of lay out a case and say, hey, this is, this is, you know, this is why. And oh, yeah. by the way, I just had a, I just had another kid mm. and those things aren't cheap, you know, <laughs> and it's like to be able to lay that out and, and really kind of point to it most, and this might be a surprise, most senior pastors and executive pastors are human. You know, most of them have a soul and most of them want to see you do well and, and minister, you know, in a, in a way that's holistic and, and sustainable. Yeah. And so if you're able to kind of back that up, then that gives them the case to be able to take to their board and, and be able to have those conversations on your behalf. Cool. Cool. I have one question that I, I see uh, quite often in uh, youth ministry Facebook groups, and it's the question of when do I actually talk to a church about the salary when I am in the hiring process and that sort of thing. I know the experiences that I've had and I know some churches have been like, if they mention money in the first couple interviews, they're a no. Um, but then other times people say like, it is good to talk about that up front because it is an important piece of the whole thing. What, what's your guys' opinions about uh, when to bring up money in the, in the conversation? Okay. So here's, here's my take on this. Okay. Um, you need to mirror what the church you're talking to is doing. Mm. Now that sucks because there's a lot of angst and agita that goes with that. Okay. But it's just like you said, you know, if you, if you lead off with saying, Hey, um, am I going to be able to afford my Lex here? You know, I mean, <laughs> if, you know, if you're, if you're starting, like, am I going to make whatever that's, that's not going to go over well. Right. And, and one of the things that makes this so difficult and so complicated with churches is that there really is no standard guidebook on how to do these conversations. Mm -hmm. There's no, there's no standard play, you know, that every church runs. It's different, even in the same denomination, it's different. So the way that I've done this in the past, and, and this, this worked for me, your mileage may vary. Okay. As I've gone through that process I have, um, we've gotten to a point where we're starting to get serious and, and I'll just say, Hey, look, you know, at just so I know, um, and, and this helps because of my wife is an accountant, you know, <laughs> Teresa is an accountant. Yeah. Um, she's going to be wondering about this kind of thing. When do we, when do we talk package? When do we do that? Right. And typically it's deep enough in process that, you know, it, we're talking about potentially come to an onsite, that kind of thing. I'll just broach it, not in a, tell me what I'm making but I'll just kind of bring it up and, and gently kind of leave it out there and let them say. Now, the other thing that I'll do, because every church does this different, 
which makes it so much easier. <laughs> um, you know, some churches will say, here's the offer, take it or leave it. Some churches will say, here's the offer, but are expecting you to counter offer. Some church, you know, and, and some churches do some weird thing in between, right? And so there is, nobody knows because they use the same language. They say, well, here's what we'd like to offer you. And they don't say, take it or leave it. Mm -hmm. They also don't say, hey, we're willing to negotiate, you know, or anything like that. Um, so I have that conversation just up front, you know, before we get to that point and just say, Hey, look, every, I know every church handles this different. I just need to know where you guys stand on this. So I don't offend anybody. You know, some churches are expecting me to make a counter offer. Some churches, this is a firm number and they're just, there's no wiggle room. And I, and I understand that, you know, and I, I have that conversation even before we start to talk numbers, just so it's mm -hmm. not weird. Mm. Um, but I, you know, those kind of clarifying conversations, if you have the relationship with people, I, I really encourage you to do that. Mm. Part of the reason, part of what we do as, as a firm is we get an understanding of what the church, what the church's range is on the front side of the search. And early in our process with candidates, we just say, Hey, look, based on what you know, of the area, where do you need to be? We don't discuss salaries that churches are offering. We don't talk about, you know, this is what they're going to pay or we don't set salaries for, for, for the love. But I mean, what we, what we will do is we'll have that conversation up front so that we can kind of get a sense of, you know, is there a potential for this to work or is this person getting a buck 20 in, in, in Texas and this church in the Northeast is only going to pay 60. You know, we don't want to, we don't want people, you know, hearts kind of getting knit together and then having the heartbreak. So that's kind of how we approach it as a company. Mm -hmm. um, one, one last thing, and this goes back to some of the research stuff and, and I'm gushing. So, um, you know, go into that conversation with the church, just like I said before, know what it's going to cost to live, know the difference in the cost of living between where you are now and where you're looking. Okay. There's, there's websites that do really basic calculators on that. They're okay. They give you a ballpark. Mm -hmm. They're okay. Don't base everything on it. Um, do the, do the work, look at the school, at the school board's pay scales for teachers, um, know kind of what the area is. Churchsalary.com is good too. And that's, again, it's, you know, it's all hit or miss, but the more sources of data, you know, Dan study school boards, you know, different websites, um, datausia.io, all that stuff is going to really help you to lean in and, and get a sense of what it's going to cost to live there so that you can be informed in those conversations. Cool. Cool. That's so helpful. I, I I also, uh, from on the candidate side, uh, when, when a, a church puts a number in front of me, my obviously you're going to read the room a little bit, but my kind of rule of thumb, at least my approach that I want to have if I get to pick my approach, is whatever the number is, in my mind, I want to come back and ask for 10% more of that, more than that, assuming it's not a blow you out of the water offer. <laughs> and, and, he, and here's why, especially in youth ministry, we know it sometimes takes years for you to get that first raise. And so I often tell youth pastors, if you ask for 10% more and they meet you in the middle, it's a 5% raise, which 5% raise on your first day is not that bad. And it buys you a few of those years where you might be a little bit, you know, the, the raises may lag, but at least you started out a little bit higher. And so it, the other thing is, and some people are like, man, wouldn't that be, you know, be construed as greedy. Okay. Read the room. Right. But mm -hmm. the other piece is if you come back and say, Hey, I was really thinking this number and it's within shouting distance of what they offered 10% shouting distance, right? The average youth pastor makes $49,000. So 10% is asking for 54, right? <laughs> right. That's shouting distance. If they come back and they shut the conversation off because you asked for 10% more, that's probably not a church that you want to have that conversation with further down the road because you know how it's going to go three years from now when you ask for a raise, right? Mm. If, the, if that's how they treat the conversation about money, mm. well, then that probably is is a flag at least to consider along the way. Yeah, you know, some churches say, hey, this is what we have budgeted for this role. We can't stretch it any further. It was COVID, you know. Okay, I get that. Like, read the room. But in general, if I, if I get to choose... I try to have that approach. The other piece to consider is what the benefits look like. And this is a huge deal, especially if you've got a family, because they might pay you a, an arm and a leg more than the church down the street. But if their benefits stink and it ends up costing you all this money out of pocket to pay for your kid's medical and things like that, and they don't make a retirement contribution, I mean, 
you've got to do some math and say, how much do I actually need cash in my checking account every month in order to live? Yeah. And from there, figure out, can I afford to take that job? Yeah. A good, a good, a good benefits package at a church. Now, every, again, every church does this different. Sometimes churches are just going to give you a total package and it's going to be whatever, and you got to figure everything out with it. Other churches, you know, we, we still have some churches that are paying full, full healthcare for you, for your family, you know, out, you know, no out of pocket on that, you know, that's going to, that's, that might as well be, you know, an extra 20, 25 grand, depending on how big your family is, yeah. you know, that you do not have to cover. And I'll tell you what, you know, there's some, there's some churches where you can go for 60 with that type of package, you know, and it's a much better deal than being at a church where, you know, they're going to give you 80 or 85, right. It's, it's, you know, kind of understand that going in. The, the other thing, the other thing too is, and, and we see this most particularly with, um, with, um, with youth pastors, um, know if they're going to give you a housing allowance or not. Mm. Um, know if that's part of the package. Cause if you're, if you're getting a housing allowance at one church and one church isn't going to offer it to you for whatever reason, um, that housing allowance is actually, it's, it's going to be helpful. Now, if you get a housing allowance and if you are like me, who is a, 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 a seven with an eight wing who may not necessarily follow up on all the details of things, <laughs> Um, get yourself an accountant who understands ministers taxes. Okay. I've, I've got a great guy. If you need, if you need one, I'll recommend him, but get yourself a guy because some of us in this call, not sure if it was either of the two of you guys, <laughs> but you know, some of us may have gotten into tax trouble early on because I didn't realize I had to pay quarterlies. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, just go into this, understand, you know, that a housing allowance is a great benefit, um, but you need to spend some time understanding how to use it and, and talk to a tax person. That's why I'm not going to give a whole, whole lot of details on what to do because I don't want to get sued. But, get, <laughs> but you also, because you know more, more pastors need accountants than, than think they do. And Steve, oh, I, I'll, I'll give you a link. We have a free housing calculator that, uh, that I, housing allowance calculator that I developed a few years back as part of the YP Comp Pros project, mm -hmm. because so many people think whatever my rent is or my mortgage is, that's my housing allowance each month. Yeah. And that's not, that's not actually it. And so you give that to your listeners. Like there's no obligation. You don't have to sign up for nothing. Like just use that to at least start your calculations. But like Matt said, you use a tax person. Cool. Cool. Well, thank you guys so much. You've, you've like just uh, you know, unleashed so many amazing tips that I hope are going to really benefit uh, the youth ministry community out there as they're looking for new jobs in the in that world or maybe transitioning or thinking about transitioning to a different church or a different job within the ministry community. I know that people are going to have questions. Uh, maybe you, you've kind of scratched the surface on some things there. They have some further questions they want to follow up with you guys on. So uh, what's the best place? Places for them to go to connect with you, maybe individually or or chemistry staffing as a whole, uh, Matt. Yeah, so um, yeah, chemistrystaffing.com is 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 home base, um, and love to love to kind of connect with you guys through that. It's and my email is matt.steen at chemistrystaffing.com. We'll link off to that. Um, feel free to drop me a line, you know, talk to Dan. We'd love to, love to work with you guys. For some, for some of the, for some of the people that are out there that are saying, you know, look, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do something here. I gotta move. I don't know how to get my resume in, in place or anything like that. You know, we're we're starting to put together a, a boot camp for for people like that. We have to we have to charge for it. Um, and I say that almost apologetically, but we, you know, we kind of have to because what we found is if we do it for free, um, people don't really lean in. But if you're if you're struggling with that. Um, we'll link off to that as well, but we'd love to be able to kind of walk with you through that season. You know, just we, we bring together eight or 10 people that are in the same place and kind of coach you through what that job hunt looks like. Love to be able to, you know, serve you guys that way. So cool. Cool. Yeah. yeah and, I, and I'm, and I'm Dan Navarra, N-A-V-A-R-R-A -R -R -A, at chemistrystaffing.com. As always, I'm happy to answer and coach any youth pastors out there who need some help. And also if you or your church or a church that you know of might be hiring in the future, man, right now, that that's the thing that I'm doing that I get to contribute to the big C church with. And so I would be honored to come alongside your church and help find healthy long-term fits for any role, youth pastors, worship pastors, whatever, kids pastor. I mean, I'll find you a Jan if that's what you need, but uh, minister of maintenance, right? No, uh, but seriously, I, I would love to help however I can. So please, by all means, uh, send me an email.
Cool. Well, thank you guys so much for being on the podcast today and may God bless your ministry. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thanks again, Dan and Matt, for joining us on today's episode of the Student Ministry Podcast. And thanks to all of you for tuning in for another episode. Uh, remember that all of the links that Dan and Matt talked about, and there's a lot of them, really important links that you need to check out. Those are in the show notes of the podcast. So make sure you check those out uh, for links to con contact them, but also links to find out more about how to uh, know when to leave and how to leave well and how to figure out uh, your compensation and all those different things that we talked about today, all of those links are in the show notes, along with links for our sponsors. Both G Shades and MinHub Youth are both in the podcast show notes. So make sure you check that out at gshades.org and you could use the promo code UNITED at checkout to receive an extra $5 off. And also check out minhubsync.smp. That's M I N. H-U-B-S-Y-N-C dot com slash S-M-P. And that's the way to not only support the uh, MinHub youth and thank them for uh, sponsoring this, this podcast, but also to uh, support the podcast as you do go to that site when you're ready to sign up for their sync service. Uh, thanks to both MinHub youth and G-Shades for sponsoring this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast. Again, thank you guys so much for being here today. We'll be back next time with another conversation. But until then, be sure to subscribe be sure to share this with others. Be sure to leave a positive comment, a positive review. If you like what you hear, we are so grateful for that uh, sort of feedback as well. And uh, yeah, if you know someone that we should get on the podcast, be sure to drop us a line about that as well. But uh, until next time, may God bless your ministry. Mm -hmm.